So like after this this camp of health and dominance where he's been changing hearts and minds for everybody to like him again, I think Christian Fulton's just going to have another terrible season. I think... Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. And you can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined as always by producer JT, who you can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. JT, happy Labor Day. Happy NFL Week 1. How are you? I'm so great. We're finally here. We, we talked about it all offseason. Like, we just can't wait. And now we're here. And it's great. It's over. Um, we did it. Labor Day comes with, uh, as me and you know, last night was our draft of Palooza, basically, with our Hot Read podcast uh, league, which was a lot of fun. That yeah. was also me doing six straight hours of fantasy <laughs> football drafts last night. So that was also right. a lot of fun. But, you know, we're backed. I'm excited. Yeah, we got our League of Record draft tonight, which we're going to do after the show. Um, today's show is a ton of fun. I've been looking forward to this one for a couple of weeks now. And uh, we're going to get into it in a second, but we're doing the take purge today, which we will discuss. We'll explain here in a moment. We'll bring in our lovely guest here in a moment, but we got to take care of our fantastic sponsor, our new sponsor, Boomba's Pizza, which is the uh, the company bringing today's show to you. They are our new sponsor, Boomba's Pizza and Tab House. They have three Middle Tennessee locations. Our location is in Spring Hill, just a couple of minutes outside of downtown Nashville, down I-65. They're also in East Nashville and in Murfreesboro, as well as multiple stores in Kentucky and Indiana Indiana for our out-of-town listeners. These guys are not your typical sports and pizza bar. They are the only pizza company in the world, JT, to have won Best Pizza in America twice in the International Pizza Championships, other awards to their name, winner of Best Vegetarian Pizza, winner of Best Gourmet Pizza, winner of Best International Pizza, winner of Best Non-Traditional Pizza, all at the International Pizza Expo in Las Vegas earlier last year. The place truly has it all. Great pizza from plain pepperoni to the most unique and delicious gourmet pizza you have ever tried. Delicious wings and apps. A couple dozen beers on tap, including a variety of local brews. And it is a sports bar. So television's all over the place. So you don't miss any of the action. JT, you and I are going to be doing our live shows every Thursday. Our Friday shows that we record live on Thursdays will be recorded live on location at the Spring Hill Boomba's Pizza and Tap House every single Thursday all season long recording live just before Thursday night football kicks off. So we'll be doing the show live from there if you want to join us and then hanging out every Thursday to watch Thursday night football at the bar with whoever stops by. So if you are in town, around town, in the Tennessee area, pick a Thursday. Come join us. Come hang out. Come watch a Thursday night game with us and, and catch the show live. We would love to see you there at Boomba's Pizza and Tap House, our fantastic sponsor. All right, JT, um, let's bring in our, our lovely guest today. We had her on a couple of weeks ago. We said we got to have her on again before the end of the offseason, before we get to the actual meat of football. And here she is for, for my money, the most fun, most entertaining offseason episode of the week. It's Michelle Knezovic, formerly of 102.5, the game here in Nashville. There she is, recently moved down to New Orleans, where the Titans are going to be headed this weekend to face off against the New Orleans Saints in week one. Michelle, how are you? So great to have you back and on such a fun episode, too. How are you doing? Guys, it, it was a fabulous weekend. I mean, we all know Labor Day is also the kick, the official kickoff of college football. I know we had week zero, but uh, living now in LSU country, uh, let's just say the establishment I went to oh, watch no. that game last night. Mm -hmm. Listen, 
I, I'm a, I'm unbiased. I'm not an LSU fan. We all Huff know I'm a, we all know I'm a Kentucky fan. Right. Rough scene. Rough scene. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't I can't deny that I that I might have enjoyed it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the butt whooping that uh, FSU gave uh, on their downfall just a little bit. LSU, especially right. after Brian Kelly's comments, you know, earlier this week. But uh, yeah. football's yeah. back. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to reunite with some of my favorite uh, Titans media core people who are going to be down here in New Orleans this week. Yeah. I know I'm going to see Joe Rex Road. Um, Love Joe. Two five the game in the morning show. So. I'm excited. It's uh, very fitting that they're here for week one, and we're going to have a fun episode today. I, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Yeah, so I threw this idea at you before last week, before this weekend, I think. I was like, hey, are you down to come on, and are you down to play along with this ridiculous idea? Um, so let, let me explain what we're doing today in the Take Purge. Before I do, if you're listening with, with us live, do me a quick favor. Make sure you can like, retweet. Share this video in any way. We'd love to get as many live folks in here as possible. And then head on over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page to be a part of the conversation. Find this live stream there on YouTube. Just search up Broadway Sports Media. You'll find this live stream. That's the comment section where you can be a part of the conversation where we can see it on our end. And hey, while you're there, if you are not subscribed to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page, real quick, throw a subscribe on there. We'd love to boost the subscription numbers on that channel each and every day. So here's what we're doing today, guys. The Take Purge. Um, everyone is familiar with the the movie, the franchise, The Purge, very popular horror movie from the mid 2010s, had many, many uh, re- remakes and sequels that nobody asked for. But the, the basic concept really caught on, was very popular there for a minute. And, and that's going to be the concept for today's show. We're going to fire off a handful of takes, um, <laughs> Titans, about the AFC South, about the NFL at large. That maybe we don't 100% believe all of these takes, but we sure do think about them. And full credit to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with our guys Danny Kelly and Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. We, we 1,000% are completely copying this concept from them. Like, full credit to them. Um, they, I mean, they stole the concept from The Purge, and we're now stealing the concept of The Purge, the Take Purge, from them. Um, please don't be mad at us. We love y'all. You're our inspiration for today's show. The bit is simply too good to... Uh, not expand beyond fantasy football. So we're going to be talking about some takes today that I don't know if either of you are familiar with. One of my favorite comedians is Louis C.K. And he has this bit called, of course, but maybe. And that's kind of what today's show is. Like in this bit, he talks about how, for example, peanut allergies, right? Of course, we need to be aware of who has peanut allergies. Of course, we need to segregate their food. We need to be cautious of how they're packaged in the factory, it's life or death. Of course, we have to be cautious of these things. We have to be conscientious, of course. But maybe, maybe if touching a nut kills you, you're supposed to die. Like, that's the bit. That's the bit. Sorry, JT. I don't, of course, of course not. Of course, right? That's the idea. Those are the kind of takes we're going to throw out today. Things about the NFL this year that we, we, we maybe have been hiding in the, the darkest recesses of our hearts. And we don't really want the world to know, but because it's the take purge, we're going to have a period of time today where none of our takes can be used against us. We are not going to be held personally or professionally responsible for what we say in the coming minutes. All of it is is completely uh, above board. Like we can't we cannot be held responsible for these things. We're, we're going gonna, off the rails. We're going to cleanse our souls. Um, and so as soon as that horn blows, which should be any minute here, we're going to get started. 
Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, you are one for the theatrics, aren't you? I, listen, never do anything halfway. Always give 100%, and we've officially begun the take purge. I'm scared. I'm going to turn into a different person in here. I have no idea what I'm going to say. Um, let's start with the Titans, how about? And I know we all have a handful of Titans takes to share. Um, who wants to go first? Is anybody willing to, to take the first whack at one of these takes? Or should I, I start? Think, I think you should kick it off because you are right, so excited for this yep. that I am, I'm so should, excited. You should kick it off. All right. I'll start. I'll start with one that's maybe not my hottest take of the day, but it, it is one that I think is going to be a bummer for most Titans fans. So like after this, this camp of health and dominance where he's been changing hearts and minds for everybody to like him again. I think Christian Fulton's just going to have another terrible season. I think he's going to be super annoying and disappointing all year long. So here's the deal, right? He's only played three seasons, so it's a smaller sample size for sure. But he has played in six, 13, and 11 games in his first three seasons, averaging just 10 games played per season, missing seven or eight games every single year. And yes, we've been hearing about how he did his offseason differently this year. He was offsite early on in the spring doing his own thing in, in uh, Florida with his trainers, working on a different like body composition, body maintenance plan where he's working on really being available more, trying to get those soft tissue injuries to go away and quit ruining his seasons. And we've seen a lot of him in camp. He's been practicing hard and he's been dominant against some of the Titans best receivers. He's really been showing off. And I think this team is excited about what they have in him this season. But I also know what their actions have dictated. And I know that this is a team that kept six cornerbacks uh, on their initial 53 man roster. They now have eight cornerbacks on their team. If you account Elijah Molden, who's kind of that flex safety cornerback. Mm -hmm. And if you add in their, their single waiver claim in Kindle Vildor out of Chicago, who's going to be playing that cornerback position, but they have like seven or eight guys lined up ready for triage at the cornerback position. And so I kind of think it's just going to be another year of disappointment in a contract year. And Christian Fulton isn't a Titan after this year. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, listen, I have been on that train from the moment he didn't come to OTAs. I automatically questioned it. We and did I talk about this last time you were here, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think we I, did. I understand the, okay, you're going to do your own plan. Here, how about this? Just go work with Kevin Byard. He, just go work with Kevin Byard. Well, Roger McCreary, just go work with Kevin Byard. Sure. Kevin Byard, healthy all the time, never gets injured, knock on wood literally has like never missed a game in the NFL. Like, why don't you just stay here, go under his wing, work with him? Because he said, I, I completely agree. I mean, I understand the hype, the love, the, the wanting it to be true, but the writing on the wall and the history of it. I mean, even if he has a good year, I, I don't see him being on this team and getting a contract extension all right there's the first one down jt do you have a take that you want to purge your soul of yeah so i would consider myself probably the only christian fulton optimist in the room here okay. As, okay. as my as my take is that uh christian fulton has his best year uh to date and not only okay. that he leads the league in interceptions Ooh. leads the league yes. wow i, I think yourself. i think 
that the re like part of yours is that the injury, I think for better or for worse, he did what he needed to do to make himself available. Hopefully knock out, like you said, knock on wood um, that he took the right steps and he, I think he really is for better or for worse with his relationship with Titans head brass. He's going to throw a wrench in their plans and kind of have his best season to date, um, which would make it really hard for the Titans to consider re-signing him to another contract, but he's been playing with his hair on fire since he got to camp. I think there's no reason right now for me to believe that that doesn't continue. And I think he gives the Titans something to really think about this upcoming uh, off season when he does in fact lead the, the league in interceptions. Now that's just like that. That's with the theatrics of the take. Purge. Right. And that's that the point there. of the purge. You got to get it off your chest. Like, I get it. I, could I he like, it. I think he could be the, the best corner on this team. And he could be kind of put the Titans secondary on the map as a, as a secondary to be feared this season. Like why couldn't he, you know, um, if he stays healthy, so, I think he will. Right, I mean, that's right? the question, like, right? I think, I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm the optimist in the room right now. I'm not letting the, all the off, uh, off the field things kind of dictate his season. Michelle, do you want to get your first take off your chest? What do you have for us? Guys, I, I, I feel like we've slowly but surely ramped up the spiciness. Okay. And I was sitting on the couch earlier and I was, mm-hmm. you know, writing these takes out. And, and it's exactly what you said, you know, just maybe. Derrick Henry will rush for 2,000 this year. Oh, my goodness. If it just that just turn spicy. the clock back. That is spicy. <laughs> that is hot. Okay. That is other people around the league who cover the league looking at me like, who the heck is this girl? What is she saying? But hear me out. 29-year-old Derrick Henry, what are you he- talking about? Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out, right? Okay. Let me paint a beautiful picture for you, okay. too, and Thank everybody you. listening and watching right now. Last year, coming off. The foot injury. Well, for actually, let's go back to 2021, right? On pace to shatter his record. On pace to shatter it, right? Like 2,200 yards or something. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Misses, obviously, foot injury. We all know the story of how that happened. Okay, last year, the team had some significant offensive setbacks that impacted Derrick Henry that I actually don't think we've talked about as much. We've talked about more so how it impacted the passing game, how it impacted Ryan Tannehill, how it impacted Traylon Burks, all these things, right? You you lose A.J. Sure. Brown. Traylon Burks is, is not what you think he's going to be. Your wide receiving core is extremely depleted. Your, your wide receiver room took a significant step back. Your offensive line took a significant step back the next year. Okay, so, you know, when you're a team coming to Tennessee or you're, you're getting ready to prep on Tennessee – you look at this team, you think, okay, what offensive threats do they have? Derrick Henry. Well, it's no Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the offensive threat that they have. Yeah. Period, point blank. Sure. Stack the box almost every single time. The production that Derrick Henry had last year as literally the only offensive threat the Titans had, the offensive line that he was rushing behind, the teams that would stack the box against him almost every single time, and he still was second in the NFL in rushing. I think he was just under 1,600 yards. And then when you combine that with receiving, he was just under 2,000. And also didn't play in a game against the Cowboys. True. So, okay, True. we're we're talking about, let's say he plays in that game. Let's say he gets 90, 80 yards, whatever it may be. 
Okay, well, he's then back in the 1700 range. Okay, now let me paint a picture for you this year. Offensive line still a question, but I could paint the picture that it could be good. I don't really know how that would look. Maybe Peter Skronsky's a good stud. Maybe uh, Andre Dillard figures it out at um, at tackle. Maybe um, you know they all click and it works. And then the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Tajay Spears. I almost said Tajay Sharp. Tajay Spears, uh, Chiga Conquo, also Derrick Henry, new offensive coordinator. Different spreading out the offense. That is my first hot take. Derrick Henry. I like it. 2K. I like it. I mean, listen, we heard we heard <laughs> kind of a quiet quote from him the other day where he says, Oh, and the running back drama. Yeah, he said he's he's going to be running for all running for the running back position is what he's running for this season, which is I think a a pissed off Derrick Henry is a scary sight to behold. I like it. I like it. I mean, listen, if he does it, I don't know. I need to go back and look. What do we? What is the oldest running back on that list for two thousand yards? Like, who was the oldest guy to do it? I'm guessing some old head probably did it. JT, go go find that for us if you don't mind. But I feel like I, I can pretty confidently say if he did it at 29 years old he would be the oldest to ever do that and also the only to do it twice. So oh, that would he be, he uh, would be, um, he would be a hall of famer. I mean, yes. Yeah. No, no, okay. it'd be a lot. Barry, Barry Sanders t- at 29. Okay. So he'd be matching yes. Barry Sanders. Heard of that guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let me, let me get my next Titans take off my chest. We got a lot of takes to fly through here. Um, here's my next take. The Titans are going to start two and six. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's the two-parter here, which that's a bummer already, right? That's kind of hot as it is. And then after starting like two and six, two and seven, maybe two and eight, who knows? There's, there's then going to refuse to give a young quarterback the reins and look at the future. Like they're just going to refuse to go into the correct team building mold. They should. And they're just going to claw their way to like six wins, piss everybody off for the last two months of the season when they should obviously be giving run to one of their young quarterbacks and looking towards the future. And here's why look at their schedule. I I hear a lot of this talk about how, you know, well the Titans, you know, there's a chance that you see Will Levis by like week 10, you know, it's, it's possible. Um, And while on the surface, I understand the thinking there, right? Like if this team really stinks out of the gate, halfway through the season, they're four games back of the Jaguars and have lost both games to them or whatever it may be. Um, you know, there's reason to believe that that's when you as a team should, should look to the future and see what you've got going forward. Evaluate your guys for the future. The season is a wash. But I think internally this team is looking at their schedule and everyone kind of agrees with the idea that their first six games of the season are the hardest stretch, right? You've got on the road at New Orleans, then the Chargers, the Browns, the Bengals, Baltimore, and Indianapolis is really the only easier game in that stretch right Not they're they're the only one that is probably where you, you might have the titans favored in that game um but even that is a game on the road after those first six games and and maybe arguably after their first eight because then you come up back off the bye you have atlanta at home and then you're at pittsburgh two teams that i think are sneaky going to be very good this year the back half of the season for this team is kind of a red meat. Like I think they're going to see the back half of the season as if we can just survive the first six to eight weeks of this year, if we can be three and three, if we can be four and four, if we can be three and five, you get Tampa Bay, Carolina, Indianapolis, 
Houston twice, uh, Jacksonville on the road and at home, which is a, a team that they play very tight every year. Seattle at home on a long road trip for them. Um, and, and then my Miami, which is a team that I think people are really high on, but that if Miami is the, the toughest opponent you have in, in the last nine weeks there, I think that they're going to look at that as we can go on a run we can really run up the the score, and and I think my variable is going to look at what the Jags did last year. Because what did the Jags do? They started three and seven, I think, and then messed around and won the division. Now it took mm-hmm. the Titans falling apart physically and them sure. having the best injury luck in the league. But I don't think Mike Vrabel is going to look at that and be at four and four or three and five and be like, "We got to phone it in. We're four games back in the division. Like, there's no shot." He's going to think that they can do that very thing. So I just don't see a reality in which, unless they truly are like one and nine and it's a disaster and unforeseen circumstances cause this team to just be a, a nightmare. Like maybe number one overall pick for some reason. I don't see them moving on from Ryan Tannehill at all this season. I I agree. I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I don't ever see Mike Vrabel tanking ever. Like, I mean, that's no. just the type of, if there's a possibility, I mean, he's not going to put, Will Levis and or Malik Willis in, even if you mentioned they're two and six and fans are, you know, screaming for, we want to see the young guy. I mean, he hasn't even named who the backup is yet. Right. I mean, he won't, he doesn't want to. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, I, to be honest, unless it's in garbage time, and Ryan Tannehill is healthy all year. I don't see either one of them. D- doesn't matter what their I'm record is. Yeah. I, don't I think th- the only way you see them is if, and I don't even think this team, like when was the last time this team was in a, we're up 30 in the fourth quarter situation. Been a while. Really the type of they, they play, they intentionally play tight games, right? So unless Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, which is, you know, it's at football, it's a real possibility. He's sure. an older player. I don't think we see him at all this year, no matter the circumstances, no matter the record, no matter how the season begins or ends. I don't think it happens. All right. Who's next? Um, those are the, those, that's all I got for the Titans take. So we need to fire off the rest that y'all got before we move on here. What do we got? Hit yeah, I, I got one here. Um, kind of the, I, I like the um, idea of Derrick Henry running for 2000, but as music city Malik um, in, in the comments said 2k is doable. However, there is a guy named Ty J Spears who might cut into it. And that mm-hmm. is my next, that is my next, uh, kind of take here is that Ty J Spears has a very um, Tariq Cohen-esque season when that dynamic duo of him and David Montgomery were, at, were on the top of the league. And Ty J Spears this season is targeted 80 plus times and carries the ball Ooh. more than 100 times Whoa. in a stat line ranging around 550 rush yards and five touchdowns and then around 50 to 60 receptions for 650 yards and four touchdowns. So truly... Jeez. Truly a, a guy who I think like, yes, is he kind of looking to be like right now, maybe the successor to Derrick Henry down the line, maybe, but also have we not just talked about like for the last like four months about how running backs kind of only have like four years now that you can get that, like it's worth paying them. Right. So like, I just don't believe that, um, uh, Ty J Spears is just going to be used sparingly. We kind of saw before Dontrell Hilliard got hurt last year, how they were really trying to use him as a receiver and kind of was 
the offense. In he a led the of team in touchdowns through like six weeks. No he one did. talks about um, it, but he led the team in touchdowns. But I mean, if we just look at we we all know what Ty J Spears did in in college. But if you really look at it, the last two years he averaged six is six point eight uh, yards per carry. So like it like <laughs> when and we saw efficient. it we saw we saw it also and he averaged basically around eight or so averages or yards per target last season. So like it's not crazy to think that when we the ball is given to this guy, he is not going to produce. We saw it already in, in, in the preseason. And so I think didn't he averaged like six yards per carry in the preseason as he well. Led, he led yeah. the league in Russia yeah. and he didn't even play like most of the, most of the preseason game. So like, I, I think that this team is really going to try to use Ty J Spears. And if they do, like, I don't think that's crazy to think that he can have um, about a thousand yards from scrimmage. Wow. Well, JT to piggyback off that one of mine, and being down here in New Orleans and, and working with Tulane, you know, the chatter around him, I mean, he's the real deal. I think yeah. there there was a negative connotation towards him just when he got drafted because of the medicals and, you know, the the worrying about the injury. Sure, I get a Titans fan. You've, you've been traumatized these last couple of years when it comes to the, the health aspect of things. But my hot take is I have him leading the team in receiving touchdowns this year. Okay. I, I have Overall? receivers this this team has has mm -hmm. brought i mean new receivers new receiving threats sure. they have yep i think you know d hop trailing sure when you talk about receiving yards yeah they're gonna be way over him but i got i got tajay leading and receiving touchdowns you mentioned Dontrell hilliard i think tajay is going to be such a threat in the red zone this year and i also think he's going to be a big threat like when they let him return the ball a couple times as well so mm. um that was kind of my hot take. And then I've got one more to wrap up the Titans thing. Yeah, and this is it. just kind of like a fun one. But yeah. I don't know if you guys saw some of the tweeting on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it nowadays mm -hmm. um, regarding how uh, Vols fans, you know. <laughs> I, I, I um, caught some wind of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, thought that the Titans were like doing them a disservice or spitting in their face. Is that yeah, 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 yeah. the phraseology? Right. It is because of Will Levis. I am completely yes. convinced. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> I am completely convinced that yeah. Vols fans will literally ne never root for him unless he becomes some Hall of Fame quarterback. Solely I'm not because sure that will matter. I'm not. I'm not sure that you know what I mean. Like I don't. I, I like, think that they're just is, they're diametrically opposed to him no matter what, unless he truly becomes like Mahomes. Will Levis, like unless he's undeniably a top three quarterback in the league, they're always going to find a reason to not like him. It's just it's the college brain. I'm with you. And even if Hendon Hooker like doesn't do anything in the NFL, they will still clamor for that. The fact that the Titans he's not, they're not giving him a chance him. out there. Come on. Got to give Hooker a chance. How do we know he's bad? They're not they're not letting him play. Yeah, no, 100 percent. It's not I, just I, a fun I, one. I just like to add to that. I will say that. Um. Austin Huff, who runs Corked Bats over there, mm. wrote a fantastic article today. Great op-ed. Um, a a Good great op-ed. Journalism is still alive um, and well. Yeah. Exactly. He did that today, but uh, great, great article. However, um, Zach Lyons, friend of the show, uh, he had a tweet in there that he also tweeted out when this uh, was happening, I think either yesterday or two days ago on Twitter. Yeah. Um, he, he said, since the move to Tennessee in 1997 by the Titans slash Oilers, the University of Tennessee has had 110 players drafted. The Titans are tied for the second most UT players drafted by an NFL team in that time frame, with Kansas City having eight and then Tennessee and New Orleans both drafting six. 
For reference, LSU players drafted by the Saints since 1965 is just 10. The Saints so, have like, to start pandering to LSU more. How dare I think, they? I mean, well, not right now. in the face of Louisiana State University. <laughs> they, re- they really, they really are. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree that that is a good one. I have one more here. I'll just put okay. this what one is got? really not like super analytical. Can't really do any analyze it just right now. Take. Um, okay. Just the vibes take is that MPF doesn't even get the chance to resume his starter duties this, this season because Dylan Radins defies all odds of his injury and looks like a serviceable right tackle by medical week three, miracle leaving NPF to become the Titans swing tackle. And what, what I'm kind of using this, uh, like what I'm gauging this by is that the, the news came out that Chidobe Awuzie is looking to be good to go for the first week for the Bengals. He tore his ACL on Halloween, which is uh, maybe like a month, maybe a month and a couple days, it's like five before, weeks or something. Yeah. Five weeks before, uh, Dylan Radins did the same thing. So like it's not crazy to me that they didn't leave him on the pup list. He he's back with the team here. Um, it, it doesn't seem crazy to me that by week three, if Chris Hubbard or any of these other guys aren't working out, Dylan Radins gets in there and looks serviceable enough to say why why would we put MPF? Who of course when he played in in the final preseason game, he looked better than he did uh, playing against the Bears. But also, he's not going to be with the team for six weeks. Like, if he does look good, I don't see an argument to why they would bring MPF and kind of ruin a thing. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Yep. Um, so, like, could be could be a possibility. I Guys, like I have one. a take I want to get off my chest. Um, let's, let's move on to the AFC South here. And this is one for anybody that has followed this show since – the spring when we did a lot of draft prep, everybody knows Anthony Richardson. It was, I, I, my truth, Anthony Richardson, QB1 from this draft. I think that he is the truth. I think that he is going to be fantastic. Um, that's what I was saying in the spring, right? Yeah. I think in five years, we're going to look up and Anthony Richardson sucks. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think um, that the Colts are going to ruin him. I think that he has a lot of things working against him in the, in the, short to midterm coming up here and his development is going to be stunted and what could have been is going to be ruined by the Indianapolis Colts. Let's talk through some of these details. Okay. Here's the deal. Jonathan Taylor, safety net gone for now, at least probably forever. Right. Um, Who's this man throwing to exactly. Okay. A very suspect wide receiver one in Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, who I was super high on coming out, but he looked very concerning in the preseason. If you watched him at all, absolutely going to have to step it up. The Bills sloppy seconds and Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Downs, who we liked a lot, but is a rookie and very small. And then that's it. Four receivers currently on the roster. That's all they've got. That's all. That's always it's, it's those four guys and then 170 tight ends. Um, and so you've got that aspect with, of, with with the best one, might I add you being on IR right now in Jelani Woods is probably right. um, their best guy, and he's not not there. So yeah, so so tough situation for a guy that already. Um, some would argue can't hit the broad side of a barn. And then who's blocking for this guy to run? Like most athletic quarterback in the mm-hmm. history of the NFL, in the history of quarterbacks, like undeniably. But he's playing behind a has-been offensive line with a star guard who is one more bad season away from proving he's an all-time overpaid disaster. And this is a group that got my, Matt Ryan murdered on a regular basis last year. 
So like Anthony Richardson, he's in the most vital formation years of his football life, right? Years that he didn't get in college. Need I remind you only had 13 starts. He had a cup of coffee at the college level, and he's now graduated into the trial by fire. That is the NFL on a terrible, terrible team. It's going to ruin his developmental potential nature versus nurture with quarterbacks. A big deal. Your nature can be through the roof. Your potential can be insane. But if you aren't nurtured in the correct situation in the NFL, none of that matters. I don't think I'm pro have to have the nurture for the nature to check out. Sure. I don't think they have that here. And so uh, I think it's a, it's a big deal and he's going to suck. I think in five years, they're going to look up and he's going to have been ruined by the Colts. Can I piggyback off that quick? Sure. Can we stop comparing him to Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton won a Heisman in college. He did do that. I mean, it is bizarre. And then an NFL MVP and then went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, right. I mean, like, it is absolutely bizarre to me that we're comparing the two. I mean, what Cam Newton did at Auburn wins, a, like, tr one of the best performances in college. We did not even talk about Anthony Richardson like that in college. He played for a mediocre Florida team last year, had some spurts of greatness, had some highlight reel footage. And then, of course, is an athletic freak. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He absolutely killed the combine because he is just a freak athlete. But the comparison of the two and the amount of time people have used it, like Cam Newton was a freak. He was a superstar. And Music City Malik in the chat, yes, he won a national championship too. Can't believe I forgot to even mention that. And then, <laughs> of detail. course you know, just balls out in the NFL. So mm -hmm. why are we comparing the two? Let alone kind of unfair. The, a little unfair. Right, that is like such a disservice. It's really, really Newton. not fair to Anthony. It's like, what did this guy do in college? The team was like barely 500. I don't even know. No, Florida was like just 500. They lose to Vanderbilt. You know, mm -hmm. they lose to Kentucky. Like teams that weren't good last year. Okay, he gets drafted, you know, by the Colts. And now he's had a couple runs in the preseason. He has absolutely no weapons. He doesn't have a good offensive line. Yeah, he's playing in a crappy division. But look at the quarterback room the last couple of years. You also have a new head coach. And your owner is really all over the place. And I think it's pretty clear is that it? the owner and the GM yeah. are not on the same page. Because Chris Brallard was like, hey, listen, I never said we didn't want Jonathan Taylor. Right? I mean, that is about to be a firestorm. And I give it about five weeks before Gardner Minshew's out there. All right, AFC South, what else we got? Well, I now my turn to piggyback because okay. I, I'm, I'm going to put this Colts one out that I have right now because basically everything you just said is probably what's going to go into mine, but I want to take a different spin on this. And it, okay. I think it, I think it uh, continues this Colts uh, narrative quite nicely because while you're right, and I do think that my take this season is that the Colts – and Anthony Richardson's struggle leading to a four and thirteen season. However, th this is this is all part of Crazy Uncle Jim's plan, guys. He's he is throwing Anthony. He's got Richardson this mapped out. out. He's got <laughs> this mapped out. <laughs> okay, all right. Four and thirteen. This is the craziest a, thing anyone said so far. Because that, that Uncle Jim has a plan of any kind. Uncle Jim's got a plan because four and thirteen might get you the first overall pick. And what does Uncle Jim want to go get? 
the second coming of Marvin Harrison and his son, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Bring him back to the Colts, baby. Okay. Just like they brought Jeff Saturday, get the boys back. Run it back. If Anthony, and like you said, if that doesn't work, guess what? Anthony Richardson, five years gone. Guess who might be coming into college then? Good old Manning boys. Bring him back. We're going to work down the road. Bring Arch, Arch back. Arch. We are going to relive the glory days. Crazy Uncle Jim's got this five-year plan to bring Arch Manning and Marvin Harrison Jr. together. It, it's, it's all under control, it. guys. It's all under it. control. I have no notes. No, yeah, no, I think you're right. I don't think this is a hot take. I think it's just correct. You should say this in the real world when the purge is over because I think it's just it's accurate. Yeah. Um, I have no notes. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Michelle, what do you got? Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Hit me. Two AFC South teams make the playoffs. No. Okay. All right. I'm gonna wow. I'm going to piggyback off and of this later. Guess, guess which ones? Oh no! Uh, not the Titans and Jaguars. No, no, or, no. It is. It is. It okay. Is, okay. I'm like, is, how hot is, is this take about to I get? Like, Holy cow! I was like, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely think they do. I think that I'm, you, know, I'm you look you. at this. You look at this Jags team, and and I understand we talk so much about the AFC, and we talk about the quarterbacks in the AFC compared to the quarterbacks in the NFC. I mean, it, it's really is night and day. It's varsity and it's JV, right? The mm -hmm. the NFC is pretty much wide open, and you look at the AFC, but. I mean, when you when you look at the divisions and how many specific divisions are just stacked with these guys, I mean, not everybody can make it. And look at how good the Jets were last year, but they didn't have the quarterback. Okay, well, now they have the quarterback this year. What can they do? Uh, what, is, what does Miami look like? What do the Bills look like? What does Baltimore look like? What is, you know, you have the Bengals, you have the Chiefs, you have the Titans, the Jags. I mean, like, there are so many dogs in the AFC but pretty good, pretty good conference. Yeah. I look at the AFC South. I look at the Jags. I think Trevor Lawrence makes another big step. I yep. think that the national media is viewing it a little bit like, you know, it's the Jags division to lose, which I don't agree with. I think that the Titans and the Jags are more so head to head than Two horse kind of the, yep. the national media view of Trevor Lawrence is our spirit animal. He was a number one overall pick, yada, 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 all the things. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more neck and neck. And I think that the Tennessee Titans end up winning the South, but I think the Jags get in as wild card. I, I, so, I can't really comment too much on this because it's, it's half of a take that I have later. So I agree. Love it. Um, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think that a, a big part of this too is the fact that oftentimes a weaker division your weakness is your strength in terms mm -hmm. of getting teams in. It, it it sometimes comes back to bite you in the playoffs when you know you haven't had to really go through that gauntlet during the season, and sure. so those teams, you know what I mean. Well, in 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 addition to they're playing the NFC South, which is the worst the other division, bad, I'd yeah. say in <laughs> the, the both NFC, of the Souths are perceived as the worst. Yeah. Plus, the Tennessee Titans haven't had this easy of a schedule. I mean, I understand they got the Chargers on there, they got the Bengals, the Ravens, but I mean, the last couple of years, they just had to play the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, every, and the Bengals. every year and the Bengals. Yeah. So and the Chargers last year. I mean, yep. you look at this team. They haven't had a path like this in a couple of years now, and they've made upgrades. I, I think it's a great take. Um, I've got one here. I think the Texans are going to be far from the worst team in the AFC, and they're going to be buoyed by their top 10 defense. So here's here's the take. Um, everyone's the talking Nico about Ryan's how the, the Cardinals may 
end up having the top two picks in 2024, which I think is lunacy. I think it's insane because, you know, the Cardinals have the Texans first rounder next year, right? So a lot of talk about how with the Cardinals tank and they get a top two pick, they may have one too. Like it's not out of their own possibility. I'm here to tell you it is. And I just, I, I see no path uh, for this Texans team to be nearly that bad. And I think that their defense is going to buoy them. They, first of all, just put the defense aside for a second. Like we were talking about with the Titans and Jaguars, the division and their schedule are just too easy. Okay. They're mm-hmm. the ninth easiest strength of schedule, according to uh, Sharp Analytics, based on Vegas pr- uh, projected win totals this year. They're going to play a ton of winnable games. There is no tanking incentive for this team. So, like, there's a lot of tank incentive for a lot of teams this year that need quarterbacks. Like we saw in addition to Cade Mays and Caleb Williams, who are the perceived one two punch at the top of the draft next year. Shadir Sanders entered the conversation this weekend. Um, the player, the, the FSU quarterback, whose name escapes me, he's he's certainly Travis, you know it. Uh, Travis Jordan, no Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is going to be up there and talked about all year. You got Michael Penix up in Washington. People are talking a lot about Joe Milton. Joe 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 Milton for the homers for the Titans to spit in in Tennessee's face again and not draft <laughs> Joe Milton. Like all of these guys are going to create a lot of incentive for teams to tank this year and sell at the trade deadline. And really try to bottom out. Texans don't have that. Like they just got their guy. They brought in their their quarterback. Uh, they they brought in their coach of the future. They kind of went all in, sort of, on last year's draft in in trading up to get two top five picks and get Anthony uh, Anthony uh, Will Anderson Jr. into the mix as well. And so they're going to be trying to win now. Like the next couple of years is about winning, not about remaining middling and continuing to wait for the future. And then D'Amico Ryan's their new head coach has never had a bad defense, almost always a top 10 DVOA Mm -hmm. squad when he has been in charge of a defense. And if you look at their depth chart on the defensive side of the ball, it truly is not as bad as people are making it out to be. You've got a number of young players who I think are going to be, poised to maybe have a breakout season Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley Jr. on the backside I think are going to be really really nice this year and have a a big year one to year two jump Jimmy Ward they bring in from San Francisco obviously D'Amico knows what he's capable of and then you've got guys up front Will Anderson Jr. is going to be I don't think anybody has any doubts that he's going to be a Mm -hmm. significant issue immediately Um, but then like Sheldon Rankins Jonathan Grenard um, Malik Collins, Christian Harris, these guys make up a maybe lower ceiling, but pretty high floor pass rush unit that I think, you know, Denzel Perriman as one of your middle linebackers you bring in from Vegas. Um, uh, Steven Nelson from Philadelphia, uh, the cornerback position to kind of, uh, you know, rein in that position, uh, make it, make it a, a, a group that can sustain maybe more injuries than last year. You see a guy like Stingley Jr. go down or struggle, and they really didn't have anybody in the bullpen to go to. This year, they kind of have that both up front and in the secondary. I think their defense is going to be way better than people give it credit for, and th- mm-hmm. that defensive unit is going to carry them to a lot more wins this year than people are expecting. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, I'll just go into my next one right here, just kind of what you said, because my next one is that Will Anderson Jr. leads the entire league in sacks. Oh, and- like Spicy. defensive it, player of the year candidate as a rookie is what that sounds like. It, it 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 is what it sounds like. And to your point of how easy this division is, six of his games are going to be against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Not a great line. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Not a great line. 
and a very suspect Titans line. Like, is there a chance that like he balls out and gets like one and a half, two sacks per each game. And just out of six games, he has 12 sacks to start off. I I don't think 10 in those six games is unreasonable. It's not, it's not unreasonable that he has 10 sacks versus these teams. And so like, also cupcake schedule also playing the nfc south who has some very suspect lines as well like anybody see not, carolina's offensive line in the preseason it, it's Bryce not Dunn getting murdered back yeah. there eventually like that's like the best maybe, line maybe, yeah maybe the anderson does that maybe he's the all, one that breaks uh, <laughs> that breaks uh mr young like it's it's crazy to think that like the best line they're gonna play this year is the falcons who have a very good line but then everyone else is probably bottom half of the league in offensive line mm. um Maybe outside of the Bengals if they if they play them because they play that division as well. But um, besides that, like I don't know. Like Will Will Anderson has a really good shot to like be a contender for Defensive Player of the Year in his rookie year. I like that take. My only concern is if he is the only real threat as a pass rusher on that on that team. Like you may see his ceiling lowered by the, the amount of double and yes. triple teams he sees. Um, you need another guy to kind of establish himself as somebody that needs paying attention to. But otherwise, I like the I like the take. Michelle, you got one for us? Are we ready to move to full NFL? I have one more AFC South take. Okay. Do you, JT? I do too, yes. Okay, okay. reel yours off and then I'll, I'll go into mine. This okay. My third one may be my favorite one of all of these. Yeah, the, my, Mine is now moving. I did one for each of the other teams here and moving okay. to the Jacksonville Jaguars okay. last year. Um, my take is that the Jags ball out and lead the league in total offense. However, the Jags are last in total defense. So we see Mm. kind of this like this Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Shanahan offense where um, uh, in the year where they went to the Super Bowl, they were putting up unprecedented numbers um, on their way to a Super Bowl. But the defense was really, really bad. Like nobody ever talks about every single Sunday or in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. it's it wasn't being paid attention to because they were just scoring so much that the the defense really didn't have to do that much because like they were scoring just way more than the other team could possibly put up with what they have and you look at this core that they have in trevor lawrence who i think like outside of the take perch might have a good shot to be the mvp this year you bring in calvin ridley christian kirk is living up to that contract you have zay jones you now have travis Etienne and tank bigsby which i think people are not talking about enough of like how good that running back room is and then evan ingram gets signed well okay uh, <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to i'm about to take it in a different direction okay I'm sorry don't but, mean to but, squash your take um but outside of that like their their defense is very suspect like yeah. I, it, it did not improve from last year and last year they already um had like a not a great defense and, and they really didn't do anything to improve it this season um by by a landslide you know like there weren't any marginal improvements there so like i i don't think it's crazy that we see them ball they out lost but also two of their top three pass rushers yes. and one of them is on the tennessee titans yeah. like yeah they, they, so, he, i mean is gonna be uh, he didn't get the the starting minutes i think he probably should have done in jacksonville but i think he's about to have a revenge here well, and also in the chat too, I think it, it's really worthwhile mentioning by Pretty Boy um, in our chat. The Jags were by far the yep. healthiest team. Like night and day, if you look at a chart, it's like the Jags and then it's like the Titans. Like they could not have been. <laughs> we would pull up for show and tell on this show every week, Michelle, the, the literal chart and be like, look at look at this. Yeah, I don't know what I you mean, do with this. It's like bizarre the way they were just so healthy. And then obviously the Titans, I mean, it was just complete opposite and it was still a battle till week 18 to see mm-hmm. who won the division. 
Can I take that take one step further? Um, I, I like I'm I'm with you, JT. That, that defense is is kind of disastrous, and like as pass rushers, you've got Josh Allen, and then well, you really need. Or who was the guy who retired? Who was Josh Allen? Shout out Kentucky. Um, there was uh, another for, guy. I, I he signed for the Philadelphia Eagles for a little bit. I'm mixing the two up. No, Josh okay, Allen okay. is still there. Regardless, yes. Josh Allen is he's still there. He's still young. He did not retire. He's there only like maybe plus pass rusher, unless you see yeah. like. Um, I mean, Trayvon Walker is there. Adikasi maybe has a, a a bigger year. Yeah, you need you need Trayvon Walker to live up to that first overall pick um, mm-hmm. potential, which I just I don't know if that's going to be the case. But here's my take: the Jaguars are actually a great quarterback coach combo, and then three really good skill position players, and the rest of their team kind of blows. Like I think that um, this team is being propped, and this is kind of, sort of what I've been saying in real life outside of the take purge for a while. But I want to dial the argument to a hundred because truly, like I think we all agree, Trevor Lawrence, Dougie P, they rock for sure. Like no, <laughs> no argument there. Very good coach, com- at the very least, a very good coach combo, coach QB combo, and and at their ceiling, I think a great duo. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Calvin Ridley, which we're all assuming he didn't forget how to play football. Not and there's a possibility, but sure doesn't look like it. Christian Kirk, who's look looked better. I think he's, he's his role on this team. That contract is going to make more sense now that you bump him down a peg. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be like the sl- slot boy that you need to play on the outside because you paid him like mm-hmm. a, an X, but he, he's not really an X. Like he can slice and dice from inside now or, or be that flanker. And then Evan Ingram, who had a resurgent year last year. I, I, I even struggled to call him a like I'm going to half say he's a great skill position player and then maybe give half to Travis Etienne. neither one mm-hmm. I'm all in on Ingram we saw one really good year from and like I think they're going to continue to use utilize him in that way but they were really hesitant to pay him they you know they this is a player that we saw the rest of his career in the NFL not really live up to that potential he's done it once let's see it twice before I really buy in and then beyond that, this team's kind of mid. Like maybe they're really mid, and at worst, they they kind of like totally blow. Like, is that a possibility? Let's look at their depth chart real quick, okay? Because people like to just lump in like all these skill position players: Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, um, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones. But so let's pump the brakes a little bit on Zay Jones, okay? This is entering <laughs> his seventh year in the NFL, and last year was his, was his first season in his career where he had north of 550 yards receiving. I think he had in the ballpark of eight last year. And that was partially just due to like, those were some like inflated NWI in the recent year numbers where you just, they needed it because they didn't have a lot of, of receiver depth. And he was one of the only guys that they could trust to play on the outside. So Zay Jones, I don't think is this stud that needs to be lumped in with that group. I think he's fine. I think he's good. The offensive line, you've got some real cons like Walker little at left tackle, Ben Barch, Luke Fortner, Brandon Scherf, who you bring in from Washington. Anton Harrison is a rookie first-round pick playing on the uh, the right tackle side of the ball. You're really putting a lot of faith in him as a young player that may really struggle to begin the season and 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 kind of ruin. Like it's nice to have a Lamborghini. You ever seen the picture of the Lamborghini parked in like the the portico in the middle of nowhere? And it's like yes. used all the time in sports analogies. Like that might be the Jacksonville Jaguars offense in terms of skill position players, but it's parked behind this offensive line. That is this like lean to trailer park trash. Um, Game that, starts like at that, the sticks. Yeah. Like it, that, that, that may be an issue for them. Travis Etienne and tank Bigsby could make a nice duo, but 
wouldn't shock me entirely if they were just fine. And then again, the defense is pretty bad. So like, I kind of think this team's propped up by, and I get it. It's the NFL in 2023. It's about the sexy, shiny thing, that offense, that you know, mm-hmm. coach QB skill position players. Those are one, two, three in the interest of the, I think a lot of the national media and certainly a lot of fans and they check those boxes. But beyond that, the infrastructure of this team, the meat and potatoes of this team, kind of concerning. Maybe they kind of suck outside of those top uh, three categories. No, I, I honestly, that's one thing that take Easton is a like, I could potentially see that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the flashy yeah. things. Oh, look what we got here. Look what we got there. What we got here. And then it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Week one, week two. You got, you've got, you've got like 18 other players that are starters that you have to not like. It's a team sport. They need to not mm-hmm. suck for a team sure. to be pretty good. So let's move on to the NFL takes here. And uh, these are just takes that are not AFC South or Titan specific that we wanted to get off our chest and, and purge our souls of during the, the NFL uh, take purge here. Michelle, do you want to start us off? What What oh, is your yes, first I NFL do. take for us this uh, afternoon? I have got some spicy ones coming, okay. coming our way right now. Mind out of my skull. Let me hear it. The Bengals will be the third best team in their division and ah, miss the it. playoffs. And miss the playoffs. Love. Yep. And JT's I mean, a Bengals fan, so I, I just oh, like, give me all – I need all the details on this one. Talk me through it. Listen, I look at that division. First off, obviously you got the Bengals. You have the Steelers, who Kenny Pickett's been turning some heads during training camp. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, what we saw from him in the back half of the season last year when he officially was the starter, the additions that they made in the draft this year. And a Mike Tomlin team you can never count out. I mean, even in the transition year when, when, when first off, when Ben was hanging on by by barely a thread, right? I mean, the, the team corpse still, of ben Roethlisberger. still won games, right? And then you transition. It was Mitch Trubisky-ish, Kenny Pickett. But, I mean, this team at its core, we talk, We just talked about with the Jags. The Jags have a lot of flashy players. Well, the Steelers don't have a lot of flashy players. They're the opposite, they right? Have, yes. What they do have is a solid offensive line and a solid D-line. Mm-hmm. And that's where the game starts. And then if you have that, you don't have to have as many flashy players and in addition, I mean, you just look at Mike Tomlin. Like, he's always had successful teams. I look at the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson is about to have a, okay, I heard all this smack talking about me. Why mm. I shouldn't have a contract? Why, Revengier. you know, I'm not a great quarterback. You get OBJ. Um, they drafted uh, Zay. Or, Zay uh, Je- yeah, Zay Flowers. Zay, Zay Flowers. Flowers. They drafted Zay Flowers. Um, I mean, that team was a insane play away from beating the Bengals in the playoffs with a backup quarterback. And I mean, right. Like you yeah. should have won that game. That was I mean, a pro bizarre, bowl backup quarterback like, if we're being technical, but yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I could see the Ravens or the Steelers winning that division. And I mean, I'll even throw in the Browns in there as much as I don't even want to give that organization any, any flowers right now. Maybe Deshaun Watson shows us what we've seen from him in the past. When you look at the Browns roster, they have a pretty good roster. You had Nick Chubb in there. I mean, their roster, we talked about before they added Deshaun Watson, talked about, you know, one of the top to bottom rosters, like in the NFL, in in the AFC, you know, other than that quarterback position before they got Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson magically becomes old Deshaun Watson, they're immediately a Super Bowl contender. Like, I don't see there's no way around it. Now, that's a big if, right? It's a huge if. I don't think we're all expecting that. But if it happens, 
That's it's immediate. Yeah. So I, I look at the Bengals and I understand the Joe Burrow, the T Higgins, the Jamar Chase, but they are in one of the toughest divisions in the AFC with some sneaky good teams in there and good organizations in there. I'd say the toughest division in the league. I th- I, lo- I love this take. I, I told JT yeah. the other day, like as I'm trying to get my official predictions down for the year, like who's going to win each division, who's the playoff teams. I every single day I think about it, I swear I change my mind on who wins sure. that division. I'm just flipping a coin at this point. I, I sure. think all four teams absolutely have the ceiling to win. And I think all like it wouldn't shock me if the best team in that division is 10 and seven and the worst team is eight and nine. Like that yeah. would not surprise me at all. And the margins are going to be so razor thin. I don't think that's a crazy take at all. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come in JT here does. with one. Yeah, um, it's a crazy take. Um, well, not exactly. I'm just as I said earlier. I I am I'm choosing the side of optimism here. I'm okay. seeing I'm seeing the good side of things. But this okay. is probably the craziest take I have on, on this board. I have currently in this take purge all four AFC North teams making the playoffs. Okay, oh, I love it. Uh, for, wow. for a lot of all three AFC wildcard spots go yep. to the AFC North and, and and this is something I, I tweeted outside of the take purge like it's not it, it's really hard for me not to see that three of these four div- AFC divisions like it is not that crazy to me to see them cannibalize all, each other and each they like it's not crazy that the AFC West, the AFC North, and the AFC East all go one and one against each other, and then it's just duking it out between mm-hmm. each other for for these for these kind of tiebreakers in, in playoff implication. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it really is kind of crazy to me that like not all these teams are so like have their reasons to be playoff contenders, but obviously it's the it's the AFC. Everyone is crazy, which is why I think out of like the other teams that have wild card, like. Yes, I'm putting all four AFC East or AFC North teams above the Dolphins, above the Jets, above the Chargers. Like mm. because I, I like all the things you said about Kenny Pickett and that Mike Tomlin team, the Ravens, Lamar's revenge tour, adding OBJ, who is not as good as he was, but anything is better than um, Rashad Bateman, who can't stay healthy for more than and like, a new two OC. plays, and Todd Munkin as as your offensive coordinator, and then. To your point, this may be the biggest year in for the for the Cleveland Browns in this in this century right now. They, I mean, yes. the the eggs are in one basket. Literally, the money is in Deshaun Watson's pot, pocket. This is the year that if it works, it, 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 the money is worth it. If not, it's gonna it's gonna just somebody's destroy. head has to roll. It, there's Someone no way has, this. Yeah, yeah like, it has to. This if it is the doesn't, they're the bet. They yes. will be the bit of all NFL <laughs> jokes. JT, your take reminds me of last year. I said that, and I'm laughing. I said it about the AFC West. I mean, you think, right? It was um, uh, Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. Yes. Um, yep. You know, the Raiders with um, Devontae Adams, obviously mm-hmm. the Chiefs, the Chargers. That I said, I said, we could see every AFC West team in the playoffs this year. And I like think back now and it's just right. like, Oh, that's funny. Well, and we all <laughs> did that about the NFC West the year before too. Like every year there's one of those yeah. divisions and that's probably what this division is this year doing the mental math. It's so hard because you, again, as a, as a division, you kind of cannibalize each other. So mm-hmm. in order to, to have that happen, you'd need everybody to go three and three in, div- in the division basically. Right. And then you yeah. have 11 games outside of your division each year. You'd need at least, you need to win at least seven of those 11 to get to 10 and, and seven for everybody. 
And which, then the AFC this year, I would argue AFC, you probably need to win eight. Like I, I, I think ten is not a ten in the AFC this year is not a lock. You get into the playoffs. However, the AFC North is playing the AFC uh, South, so like there are there are some winnable true, games true. there between the Texans and the sure. Colts. Sure. Uh, the Titans will give them a fair fight, and the Jags will give them a fair fight. But like those are games that like maybe I'm still leaning towards all of the AFC North teams. Like there are it's winnable and just like. There's, I think there's more questions about the Chargers and about even you can go to the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets than there is about any four of these teams. Like the biggest question in this entire division is what is Deshaun Watson? But outside of that, like I like the other three teams a lot. I got a couple takes I want to get off my chest and we're running long on time. So I'm going to just mention this one because you've already said half the take a second ago, Michelle. And I just want to I'm going to take it a step further um, and then I'll get into the one I really want to talk about here. I, you mentioned you think the AFC South has two playoff teams. I think that the two worst divisions in the league, the AFC and the NFC South, Ooh. both have two playoff teams. I think Love that it. roughly 30% of the playoff pool come January is going to be made up of the two worst divisions in the league or two worst perceived divisions. So you look at the strength of schedule again. You've got Atlanta and New Orleans. They have the two easiest strengths of schedule based on Vegas win uh, win, uh, win prediction, record prediction wins the season they have the two easiest strength of schedules in the league by a country mile like it's not close the titans are 13th in that strength of schedule jaguars right in the middle at 15th but i think both of those teams um have extenuating circumstances we've talked about where they've got a lot of winnable games in there and you know they do play the colts and the texans twice each They, they do play the the nfc south where you've got a lot of winnable games um and then you look at how these two teams, two conferences rather would get to that with the AFC. It's as simple as we've been talking about. The conferences are going to cannibalize each other. Like you, you look at the talent in the AFC North, of course, the West, you know, the Raiders and the Broncos, not scaring a ton of people, but the chargers always give the chiefs a run for their money. Those two teams go after it. I think people are expecting a lot of things from that team and from Justin Herbert this year. You've got Mm -hmm. the same situation. Like, People aren't wanting to quite give it credence yet because we got so burned by the Broncos last year. But if anyone's going to fix that situation, Mr. Offense, Sean Payton, is kind of the guy for the job, right? So is anyone going to be blown away if Sean Payton is a miracle worker and gets them to competent and annoying at the very least and take some division wins away from those top teams? And then the AFC East, uh, where you've, you've got the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins all absolutely clobbering each other. I think that is a very decent chance that with these two conferences and then in the NFC, like somebody has to make the playoffs, right? We talk about how weak this, this conference is, how hard do you expect it really to be to get into the NFC playoffs this year to get a wild card spot? Would you be shocked if a nine win team is getting, or a couple nine win teams are getting a wild card spot over there? I don't think you would. So I think the weakness will be their strengths for these two, two uh, divisions in the AFC South and AFC uh, the NFC and AFC South will both have two playoff teams each. But here's my take that I, I really want to get into and hear, y'all, here's all, hear y'all's opinion on. I think the 49ers are going to bench Brock Purdy by week 10, and they're going to miss the playoffs. I think the, I think the 49ers are going to kind of stink this year. I think they're going to be pretty bad. Um, here's, here's the take. Kyle Shanahan, he either goes over or way under his win total each and every year. There is no such thing as mediocrity for his teams. He's won 13 games twice and won the division. He's got one year in which he won 10 games and was the wild card team. And then three seasons of six or fewer wins. So he's had half of his seasons be 10 or more wins, 
Half of them are six or fewer wins. Everyone is saying that this team's biggest mistake was letting Trey Lance fool them a couple years ago into trading up and drafting for him. I honestly think the bigger mistake is them letting Brock Purdy fool them into giving him the keys to this Lamborghini. The dude is smoke and mirrors. Go watch the tape. I am begging you to go look at what he did last year. Yes, the stats tell one story, but your eyeballs are going to tell a different story. This dude is not it. I think that he is a fraud. I think the defensive coordinators are licking their chops at the idea of ruining his life after a summer of watching his tape and scheming for him. The interior offensive line on that team is very suspect. I think that uh, Purdy's here's the thing people don't talk about his playing um, success last year, his playing time happened to coincide with when CMC Christian McCaffrey was traded for brought in, came around, stayed healthy. He was awesome through that whole run. What happens when Mr. Fantasy God with the historically walking, he's like, he's a walking health red flag. Like this dude is made of glass. We've forgotten that because he had one decent back half of the season um, in recent memory. I don't have any, I don't have any faith in him staying healthy this year. So like when that safety net is gone, you don't have the CMC dump off train to run the offense. What's it going to look like? I think this team's going to be mediocre. You you look at their schedule. They've got a pretty easy strength of schedule based on Vegas win totals, but they've got one stretch in here. They play the Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, Bengals, Jaguars. I think they lose all five of those games. I think they go one and four at best. So that's, that's my, maybe my hottest take in here. The Niners bad. Brock Purdy, bad. So I'm I'm kind of on half with you, half not with you. Okay. I think Sam Darnold wins the starting job midway so through. Too. But but here's my thing. I think they're good. I mean, I think when you look at Sam okay, Darnold, so all, first off Darnold takes over and then they're great, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I agree with the the Brock Purdy story was kind of an anomaly and it was really fun. It was like He's a cult such figure a, at this point, such, man. Such He's a got a story. following such a story to root for but I look at Sam Darnold and I I can't you know not notice that he was a third overall draft pick he got tossed around through bad organizations Adam Gase developed him that's who he had to develop with Adam Gase yeah I mean starting with the Jets then the Panthers and now he's over in San Francisco with one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, in addition to some of the best weapons in the NFL and one of the best rosters from top to bottom in an NFC that has a lot of question marks for every other team around it. I actually look at this and think this could be one of the best things that has ever happened to Sam Darnold for his football career, considering, you know, the potential and how he was viewed in the draft process. And now finally landing, it was kind of the point to the nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Easton, you pointed out before, yep. he hasn't had that at the organizations he's been a part of. And I mean, they they drafted Matt Corral in in Carolina. And now obviously, you know, Bryce Young. And then now you're just going to throw him back over to, to the 49ers. I mean, he has been bounced all over the place and has never really had time to get established somewhere. And he's only one year older than Kenny Pickett. He's so young. Like, he's been in the league for a decade, but he's so young. I mean, you can't give up on him yet, right? And I think no. that this actually could be one of the best things that happened to him. And and I think when 49ers fans realize what Sam Darnold's ability is compared to Brock Purdy, they're going to be like, whoa, this is great. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I almost he, like that. They have the best more. plug and play. Maybe they're the not bad. Maybe they're bad there. until they start Sam Darnold and then they win the Super Bowl. Sam Darnold Super Bowl 2023. 
I listen. I like uh, it's a good storyline. It's a good script. All right, what else we got? Any more takes? We're, we're coming to the end of the purge here, I think. But we yeah. Jesse, do you have one or you got? I have. One? Okay. I I have two more here, and I'll one. I got one, one is, more too. Yeah, okay. I've got one I'll, more I'll, after this. So JT, let's hear it. I'm gonna just do this one because I think this one's pretty cut and dry for me. Like, and this is just okay. more of like this team is gonna be better than people expect. Um, but I, I phrased it in such a way that. Jordan Love does what Aaron Rodgers could not do for the Packers last season and sweeps the Lions, winning the division no, in the NFC no, North. No, 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 not my Lions. Boo. Um, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> I, hate I just think I, I think I think Jordan Love is going to be a little better than people are expecting him to. I've watched I've watched actually a lot of his preseason tape. The connection with Christian Watson. Watson Luke Musgrave is really good. You still have a really good running back tandem in Aaron Jones and uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. That offensive line is like top five. They no, have a really no, good defense. No, uh, no. I'm like, with you. They might be good. I'm with you. I could um, like I, I he Jordan Love has been one of the most interesting people for me to watch this preseason. I got to see him once in person. Watch the other to this, which kind of started my my intrigue with him. Um, mm. I, I saw him live the first week of preseason. I was like, oh, this 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 cat's cooking. Like he's got he's got he's he's got some he's got some uh he's got some skill. And then I watched the other two games. I'm like, this connection with Christian Watson is real. Um, I I just think they the Packers don't even believe in him. He didn't even get his fifth year option. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Sorry. It's, a valid, it's a valid counterpoint. It's, it's, a, it's a good it's point. A valid counter, counterpoint. However. So, this is the I take purge, all right? It doesn't have to make a hundred percent sense, Michelle. All right. I, I am getting a little emotional because I do live with a Bears fan, oh, and no. the anxiety levels for Week One are already extremely high. And I need the yeah. Bears to win for my sanity. Mm-hmm. So I would just appreciate because we are all friends here. Mm-hmm. If you all would, you know, get on my train. But my okay. my take is it's in the same division, not so much Packers. Justin Fields is the first ever Bears quarterback to throw for more than 4,000 yards. Whoa. Well, 4,000 yards for Justin Fields is maybe the that would be the largest leap from one year to the next for a quarterback in the history of quarterbacks, I think. Explain well, yourself. Well, and here, here's the, the big misunderstanding by people who don't actually watch their games or just kind of look at a stat, a, a stats sheet after a game or look at the box score is that, you know, Justin Fields was never known as a running quarterback. When oh, we really? saw him in college, like he was never a running quarterback. He was known for, you know, co- connecting with his wide receivers and throwing the ball. He was never known as a running quarterback. And if people actually watch the games that he played in last year, he took a huge jump, obviously broke all these rushing yards. But when you have a suit, when you have a star on your team, you, you need them to be playmakers, right? Yep. The reason Justin Fields was running is because he was running for his life. He had one of the worst offensive lines in the entire NFL. The guy had barely three seconds to even go through one progression. So yeah, he was rushing a lot because he was trying to make plays happen. So then the narrative becomes, oh, he's a running quarterback. He's like Lamar. Like, like you don't want a running quarterback. You can never win. He can't throw. He can't pass, which was never how he was viewed before. But he also had one wide receiver that was somewhat good in, in Darnell Mooney. Now you have DJ Moore, which what have we seen quarterbacks do when they are afforded a, a top talent wide receiver in the league. We see them take that next step. 
Mm. I think Darnell Mooney, too, as the wide receiver, too, is taking another step. I think we're actually going to see Justin Fields be able to throw the football. And they were able to add, you know, Darnell Washington, or Darnell Washington, Darnell Wright <laughs> uh, at right tackle. I think he's going to be, you know, solid there. But I, I genuinely think in watching every one of their games last year, the amount of times that that team was in a one score game. I mean, Justin Fields went head to head with with Tua and the Miami Dolphins, and they barely lost that game. And when you look at the two rosters, you kind of are puzzled and think, how, how did they do that? They did that because of Justin Fields. And I think he can do it. I think he's the real deal in um, Chicago. And I really do hope so for uh, the mental health of everybody in uh, this apartment right now. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it, but it's crazy. I mean, it, it is. It's crazy. Um, I just, I've, I've watched him this preseason, like mm-hmm. <sighs> screen like, King. DJ Moore is okay, but that's in- OC. Like, I believe me, I hate the screen passes. Like, but well, I, I, I wouldn't, just, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it against them if they were accurate. But they were like inaccurate screen passes that then went for touchdowns. Like, so. I, I, I'm with you that DJ Moore is going to take Justin Fields to the next step. But I think it's because DJ Moore is athletic enough to catch the inaccurate passes of Justin Fields. <laughs> like. I, I want to be right because I think he's so dynamic. I just like I I, I have questions, but how I many, to, how I'd many love games to start wrong. to finish did you watch last year for the Bears? <sighs> Hand up, four. I don't know four, like, probably, three, four, four. probably max. There you go. We'll see. We'll see. I will. Yes. I will proclaim ignorance a little bit on this. I will. Yeah. I will. Well, I, and that's more of my thing. Like just watching all of the games and like seeing him play. I think it's easy just to see the highlight highlight rail and be like, oh, the guy can't throw, but it's like. Yeah, no, I'm with you. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I've got one more take to get off my chest, guys. I want to cleanse my soul of um this one more thing. I think I think that the the Cardinals aren't gonna finish with the worst record in the league, even though they're actively tanking. And like, you know, that's a thing that is pretty clear at this point. I think it, it's not gonna matter. Um, I think that the Raiders are gonna finish with the worst record oh. in football and they're gonna win the number one overall pick. They're gonna earn it. So here's the deal. They're going to be worse than Arizona, worse than Tampa Bay, worse than Indianapolis. New England's the only other team that I considered for this because they also are like, they have nightmare fuel written all over them. They're, they're easily the runt of that division. Like they're going to get beat up on by the jets and the, and the, um, the, 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 the bills and the dolphins. So that's a possibility, but I think Bill Belichick, just the floor, like I have some trust that that won't happen. Although Mm -hmm. like side take here, what if Bill Belichick gets retired, like forcibly retired this season? Um, if it's a nightmare, possible. Well, like maybe this is the last year we see Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick. Maybe I should have made that my take, but I don't think that's going to mm-hmm. happen. I do think that um, with the Raiders strength of schedule, they have the 31st strength of schedule uh, by a pretty sizable margin for the next worst strength of schedule. Like it's, it's pretty much a, a nightmare schedule start to finish. It's a, it's a gauntlet. They have to go through weeks one through 18 they have a quarterback made of glass another side take for me i think aiden o'connell the rookie backup wins more games for the raiders this year than the, than jimmy g does because i think he gets hurt and or benched early on he's not in that shanahan um padded room that he's been in in the recent past it's going to be way worse for him mm-hmm. they got a head coach that nobody really let's be honest nobody really believes in this guy like i, I think yep. everybody's just expecting him to be done sooner or later two offensive stars that are massive trade deadline targets in 
Devontae yeah, and Josh Jacobs wouldn't shock me if either of those guys aren't on the Raiders by the end of the year. Um, you, you've got no more Waller there, you know, so there's, there's no more tight end threat, really Hunter Renfro. We don't like big question mark. Who knows? Is he made a glass too? perhaps offensive line still a mess defense, still a mess. Um, their conference schedule alone. Like I think that is they're going to maybe go zero and six, maybe one and five in their, in their or not conference, sorry, division. I'm not right. sure they, they win more than one game in that division, even with the Broncos there wouldn't shock me if they lost all their games. So I think that they win like two, maybe three games this year, maybe less, maybe just one. I think they're going to be dumpster fire, horrible, awful, very bad. Love that. I do think the Cardinals will be the worst wrap team. Us up here with you say what? I said, I said, I like that. I do think the Cardinals will be the worst. And I don't think Kyler. Well, it's be unfair because they're actively trying to be it. So sure. like, but like, if we're going to make a spicy take that, that they somehow, because sometimes an incompetent team like that is so incompetent that they, they, they like, remember when the jets blew it, couldn't get Trevor Lawrence. They, they were the number one pick like wire to wire weeks one through yeah. 16. Then they win a game against the Browns on the last play of the game. I mean, it game. was like the Houston Texans this past year. Yeah. Lovey Smith, yeah. the double birds, two point conversion. Yeah, although that one was intentional. I think that <laughs> I think that Lovey Smith, that was a parting gift to the city of Houston. I think that some teams just can be so I think the Jets were so incompetent that year that they sure. accidentally won their way out of the number one pick. I think that may be on the table for the Cardinals. Anybody have a ton of faith in Jonathan Gannon to be like an awesome head coach? I yeah. also think that they'll draft a quarterback and that Kyler Murray will not be on that team. Yeah, I, I think that's a very real possibility. Um, but clearly, but we're not believing in Clayton Toon, Toon Squad, Toon Squad. Stand yeah, up. Um, but, <laughs> but my last take here to and to end it off is also a very contentious one. I think, oh, but uh, only two NFC East teams make it to the playoffs, and the Philadelphia Eagles are not one of them. Ooh. What? I huh? I I think I think. Jonathan Gannon. Is a, Wait, so is who a, is it? Who are the two teams? Uh, the Giants and the Cowboys. Cowboys. Okay, okay, just making sure. All right. Um, I, I thought about it, man. I thought no, about no, Sam Howell and River. I, I thought about no, it. No, no, um, no, 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 no. But, but, I think people are over, are underestimating how tough it is to get over that Super Bowl hangover of being there last year. And now having to kind of speaking from a Bengals fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, it, it's. I think it's being understated that how big of a difference Shane Steichen and to a lesser extent, Jonathan Gannon made for that team and just like how Jalen hurts worked under Shane Steichen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think especially with all, a lot of these pieces in um, their defense leaving um, the offensive line still good, but getting older, like the, the running back room, I don't think has a lot more questions than if they resign Miles Sanders like I think there's a lot of questions with this team that people are just like overlooking because of how just potent that offense was. Um, I, I I'm, I'm just interested to see if the new offensive coordinator can kind of repeat that success that they had last time. I like it. I love it. And then, I, I mean, it. but like the Cowboys probably have maybe the best defense in the league. I would say that I think they have an argument to be made that they have a top three uh, defense this year I'm with that, 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 that giants team with Dable another year, finally paying Danny dimes, whether they should or should not, that's different discussion, but they did. And I thought he looked decent. I, I know they still really don't have a lot of weapons outside of Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley, but like their team got better. So like, I, I think those two teams make another step and maybe we see the, the, the Eagles kind of just 
stay where they are. And that. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. That that kind of jump scared me. There. Kinda, I, I got. I got. I got. What, 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 thought, what happened in there? That was I crazy. Thought, I thought you were gonna go one step further and say that Trey Lance was the starting quarterback for the Cowboys when they uh, <laughs> make the playoffs. <laughs> be like, whoa. Whew. All right, that was the first take purge. That was crazy. Um, that was awesome. So, anyways, I think the, I think the Niners are gonna be awesome this year, and Anthony Richardson's <laughs> gonna be great, and uh, Christian Fulton's gonna be a stud, among other things. Just to put that out there. Um, so yeah, fun time, Michelle, thanks for joining us and having some fun today. Um, that was, that was a ton of fun. Um, anything you got going on right now? Anybody need to pay attention? I'm sure you'll be paying attention to the, the Titans game going on in new Orleans this weekend, yes, right? I will actually be there as a fan. Sweet. So I'm awesome. excited. I haven't been to an NFL game as a fan and, uh, it's been actually, a minute. I was last year, last year I went to one, but, okay. um, not a Titans one, like a, a Bears one in, in the there freezing cold. So this mm. will be inside. Very excited. Um, I've been doing some hosting for Tulane Athletics, Tulane Football. So I will be at the Ole Miss-Tulane game, top 25 matchup on Saturday. Um, hey. So that'll that'll be uh, that'll be huge. That'll be a big game. And then I, I hope um, it'd be pretty cool if Tajay uh, Spears, you know, he's also going to be in town. So there's that, that, that nice connection. Um, if he'll be at the game too, but yeah, just down here in the heat, excited to see, uh, some of my, my fellow colleagues in new Orleans. And if any Titans fans are visiting from Nashville, it is hotter than our hot takes. We just had <laughs> Oh it no! Is so hot down here. It is like 120, 125 degrees every oh single gosh. day. Um, but yeah, I've been doing stuff for Tulane. They've been a fun uh, football team. Obviously they're top yeah. 25 this year. So, uh, excited for saturday it'll be a big matchup but it also will be at 2 30 in the afternoon so i will be i'll be struggling in that heat but it'll be a good game oh no you're not going to be inside no oh no yeah dress appropriately so wear a, can you wear a swimsuit to work is that allowed <laughs> i mean honestly yeah, right. that's a, that's a disaster um but hey that's awesome we love we love talking to you we'll have you on the show again soon yes um, loved so, it guys thanks, so, for, thanks having for, me. for being here with us um that's it from us today like review subscribe all those good things you know the drill Help us out however you can to share the show. Um, make sure you're following us on social media at Hot Read Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and on X. We'll be back later this week. I'm not sure, JT, if we'll do a show between now and Thursday. At the very least, we'll be back Thursday live from Boombas for our first ever uh, live show there. So excited for that. Thursday Night Football kicks off the season. Can't wait. I know everybody's excited. So uh, for our lovely guest, Michelle and for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you later this week.